Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for December 15th, 2020. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Uh, Schwan Humes and I will be doing another one this Thursday. Okay, so uh, the two videos that I have up on the blog are for last week's uh, UFC show, but I do have... I uh, do want to talk about uh, the WWE a little bit because um, this weekend is WWE TLC. Now, Oscar uh, did appear on um, Raw last night, but not in a match. She's basically um, supporting her tag team partner, Lana. So Lana had a match against um, Nia Jax, and she won the match. You know, it was a short match, and there wasn't much to it. And I don't know how the hell she they, they made it so she held her down. It, it looked really weird. So, But the whole thing was that after the match, uh, Asuka was watching from gorilla position, and Shayna ambushed her, Shayna Baszler. And then uh, they, Shayna came out, and they beat up on, um, on Lana. And I guess, you know, you know how Shayna does it with the... Uh, stomping the arm and all that stuff so they kind of made it look like they injured her right uh asuka eventually came out and she cleaned house and the end result is that lana is uh was sent to a quote medical facility and she's out of sunday's match well first of all she's not really injured so i don't understand why in the hell they even did all this stuff for the last three months and she's not even going to be in the match doesn't make any damn sense to me you know because it was it's it's an injury angle whenever they whenever they do this kind of thing and they show it on camera it's not a real injury they're just you know storyline injury right so why is are they uh, why are they trying to sell that she's actually injured and not going to be in the match i i really don't understand that thinking at all. So we don't know who Asuka is going to be teaming with on Sunday uh, to challenge the tag team for the tag team titles. Now, I mean, it could be somebody who's currently on the raw roster. Like she's been, you know, teaming a little bit with Mandy Rose and, and Dana Brooke, but my choice and, and Oh, one of the, I get these people already saying, Oh, maybe it's going to be Kyrie saying, no, Kyrie is in Japan. <laughs> Even if she, even if they were going to try and do that, she would have to come to the U.S. and quarantine for two weeks before they could do anything with her. So, and no, that's not happening. But I do hope <laughs> that if they do anything that makes any damn sense, that it's Io Shirai. What a great tag team that would be. Io Shirai and Asuka, holy mackerel. But I don't really know what they're going to do. So... I can't really comment on what's going to happen in this match without knowing who Asuka's tag team partner is. Now, the other women's match that's on this show, of course, is Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, against Carmella. And, and you know, they had a match on last week's, um, on last week's um, SmackDown, and it had a, you know, a crappy ending, as I, I would expect it is. Here's my problem with this angle. The way they've been trying to sell Carmella is 
that maybe she's actually a good wrestler. And like she used a, a comment in one of the promos that she was cutting is that, oh, you're jealous because I came into this company and I've been successful. No, 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 no. Here's the bottom line of Carmella. She sucks in the ring. She's awful. You know, uh, she's basically a dancer. And actually her dad was a pro wrestler back in the, uh, back in the 80s, right? But she's a dancer. And she came to the WWE. They were going to fire her ass because she couldn't wrestle. She, they were using her with um, uh, Enzo and Cass. So she was dating Cass at the time. And they were using her basically as a uh, valet. Okay, so they weren't going to keep her around. They were going to fire her. And uh, Bailey uh, begged them not to fire her, that, that she would help her. But the problem was that Bailey then got up, called up to the main roster, and so that didn't happen. So the problem with, with Carmella as a wrestler is she's not any good at it. And it's very, very... We, you, if you watch the match on Friday, you could see that, you know, uh, Sasha is going to have a tough time getting a decent match out of her. And Asuka's had a tough time with her, too. She just doesn't have, the, have the, the ability to do anything. You have to do everything for her. That, that's, she's always been like that. And the only time that, that she was useful on the roster was when she was doing that 10-minute, uh, 10-second dance break stuff with, with our truth Well, that wasn't wrestling. When she's wrestling, she's just not any good at it. And for her to try and claim that she's unbeatable or untouchable or that she's a good wrestler. She just isn't. And, and she's never been any good at it. So uh, I expect Sasha to win, but, um, you know, uh, I don't expect the match to be that good. As Sa you could see Sasha was having a tough time with her on Friday, so I don't expect that to be any better. Okay, so that's uh, this Sunday at uh, 7 p.m. on the WWE Network is uh, TLC. All right, let's go on to the UFC. We had a couple of fights on last week's UFC show. Um, both, uh, the first one was at Strawweight. Actually, I think both of them were at Strawweight. First one was at Strawweight. It was Mackenzie Dern versus Verna Jandaroba. And both fighters are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts. Now, uh, this fight is Mackenzie's first full camp with new coach Jason Perillo of Kings MMA in Huntington Beach, California. And he coaches Chris Cyborg. So... Um, Verna is from Bahia, Brazil. She trains at Academia. Uh, she is a former Invicta strawweight champ. And so on last week's big topic in Women's MMA podcast, uh, Schwan Humes and I joked about how with two BJJ black belts, this will probably be a kickboxing match. And that was discussed on the broadcast too. And that's really what happened. There was very little uh, on the ground at all. Uh, Mackenzie uh, punches harder. And so she rocked Verna a few times. Verna is just not good at striking. She's very tentative. She's very tentative on her feet. And, um, you know, her defense is not that good. Um, I just, I don't see her improving that much unless she moves camps. And usually, um, usually in um, Brazil, uh, you know, she's, she's training in her hometown. So she's probably not going to move anywhere. So I just don't think she gets the proper training, striking training there. Okay, uh, you know, the thing, so, she, so Mackenzie, like I said, she rocked Verna a few times. She's just not a good enough striker to know how to finish a fight, you know, with her, with her striking. So I scored round one, 10-9 for Mackenzie. Verna was better in round two. She 
actually broke McKenzie's nose with a knee in the clinch. So I scored round two, 10-9 for Verna. Round three was close, but I thought McKenzie did enough to win the round 10-9 and uh, win, then the fight 29-28. So all three judges scored at 29-28 too. So we'll probably see McKenzie move into the top 10 and face a higher ranked opponent. Now, her striking has improved since she started working with Perello because before she really, you know, we saw what she could, what she was doing against uh, Amanda Rebus, and it it wasn't good um, with uh, Perillo. But you know, she's a work in progress, and I mean, she has power. I think her striking is too wild. Like you could see in this fight, like it's just she's looping all over the place, and you know, she needs to be a lot. Um, a lot more precise with her striking. And you could hear uh, Jason Perillo yelling at her to, to, to you know, str- fight with your eyes open. Apparently, she has a habit of when she throws strikes, she closes her eyes. That's why her punches are so wild, you know. Uh, so it's something that Perillo will work on, uh, you know, getting that sort of thing under control. And, I mean, he's already helped her. And, and she could be an elite fighter now, especially uh, with him training her. Okay, but uh, it was a big win for her, and um, you know we'll see what what goes with her. Now, the uh, other fight also at strawweight, it was supposed to be Tisha Torres against Angela Hill, and then Angela tested positive for uh, COVID nineteen. So the new opponent, uh, which was announced last week, uh, so she had about a week. Sam Hughes. Sam is twenty eight years old. She trains at Catalyst Fight House in Everett, Washington. Her coach is Eddie Grant. Her record is 5-1. and one. Uh, I watched a couple of her LFA fights on USC Fight Pass. I don't think she belongs in the UFC. But that's what you get sometimes with short-notice fighters. The story is that Tisha is much quicker than Sam. You know, so she was uh, beating her up pretty good. And I expected Tisha to win an easy, unanimous decision because she's really not a finisher. But after round one... Sam told her corner that she couldn't see out of her left eye. So the doctor stopped the fight, and Tisha wins by TKO. They didn't show a replay of how Sam was injured. I don't think they caught it, but I rewatched the fight, and I think a head kick with about a minute left in the round uh, caused the injury. It's probably a broken orbital bone. So I guess it was a good win for Tisha, but, you know, it doesn't make me think that she can beat any of the better fighters in the division. I mean, uh, you know, you, you got to understand that this was a, a fighter who probably should not be in the UFC. And, um, you know, uh, you could see that during the fight. Like, she just, I mean, she lacks, she lacks any kind of quickness whatsoever. Okay, so both of the videos for those fights are up on my blog. You didn't get a chance to see them. All right, this uh, Saturday, uh, we have our final UFC uh, card for um, 2020. We're going until mid-January before we have another show. It's a, kind of a long break. And we have two women's fights on the show, so I want to go over both of those. First at flyweight, we have Jillian Robertson versus Taylor Santos. So um, so this is kind of was made last week. Jillian was supposed to fight... Um, Andrea Lee last week, and Andrea suffered a broken nose uh, in training. Uh, Taylor was supposed to fight 
um, Montana De La Rosa a couple of weeks ago and Montana tested positive for COVID-19. This is actually probably going to be a more competitive fight. Jillian uh, is uh, from Canada. She's from Niagara Falls, Canada, but she trains at she trains with um, uh, uh, Dean Thomas in uh, Florida. From what I understand, they live across the street from each other. Uh, and primarily, she's a wrestler. Okay, she's a ground game. Her striking is subpar at best. Okay, uh, me not mad here. Taylor is from Brazil. She was in the Brazilian uh, Dana White Contender Series, and she's one and one in the UFC. Uh, she looked pretty good in her last fight, but I mean, I think uh, Jillian is a big step up in competition for her, even more so than Montana De La Rosa. Uh, Mon like she beat. Um, uh, uh, like she, she, it's even a bigger step up. So, um, I would favor Jillian in this because we've seen her already and we know what she can do, but, uh, Taylor is a bit of an unknown quantity at this competition level. So, I mean, if she is her striking good enough, uh, to, to do something with Jillian, uh, can Hauser, Hauser takedown defense, stuff like that. We don't really know that much about Taylor at this point. Okay, but she in her last fight, uh, she she beat Molly McCann. Well, Molly McCann doesn't go for takedowns; she's strictly a puncher. So uh, we really haven't seen uh, what Taylor is like when somebody tries to take her down. Okay, and I guarantee you, Jillian will be going for a takedown very early on because that's her game. She does; she's not a striker at all. Okay, the second fight, which I think was just announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, is at uh, bantamweight. It is Penny Kianzad versus Sajara Eubanks. Okay, so Penny is uh, from Denmark, but she actually trains in Sweden. I understand she takes the train every. I don't know what she's doing during the pandemic, but anyway, she um, was in Tough 28. She lost in the finals, and um, uh, what is she? One and two in the UFC or something like that. Um, uh, she, her. Uh, my observation about her is she's she when she started out uh, fighting in Europe she was very successful and when she started coming to the U.S. and fighting for Invicta and now for the UFC she's not as successful so she's I think one of these fighters who's kind of a mid-card type fighter she'll beat a certain level of opponent uh, and if you know the opponent uh, is perceived as better than her, like, for example, somebody like uh, Macy Chason, she's not going to win that fight. So, I mean, there are fighters like that that are at a certain level. They're not any better. They're never going to be any better. And it, a lot depends whether they win the fight or not depends on who the opponent is. I think she has a good chance to win this fight because I don't think Sajara Eubanks, especially as a bantamweight, is at her level. Sajara is now training at uh, Mark Henry's in Philadelphia. So um, we've seen already some results for that because she's obviously uh, training quite a bit with Claudia Gadelia, and Claudia has been helping her with her groundwork. And, um, you know, it's made a difference already. Like she, she won her last fight because of that, I think. And um, uh, the thing that happened with Sajara is she was on Tough 26, which was for flyweights. And... Um, what they what we found with her is she really couldn't make flyweight, so she had to move back up to bantamweight. And the problem with that is she's at flyweight. She has a clear size advantage over any of the other flyweights. She doesn't have that at bantamweight. So 
she just doesn't have a competitive advantage there of any sort. And I don't, I don't think she's a good enough fighter to be in the UFC as a bantamweight. But like I said, maybe, uh, you know, Claudia has been working with her a little bit more and helping her with some of the things that she's not good at. But I see Panny winning this fight. Uh, I think in general, she's a better fighter than Sajara. Uh, among other things, she has better takedown, better work on the ground and things like that. And Sajara, to me, just isn't uh, that good a fighter at bantamweight. At flyweight, like I said, she could have been, she could have been a dominator. You know, that's the thing. Okay, that's about it for today. Uh, again, don't forget to check out those two videos on my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, and don't forget, also check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Um, uh, we'll be doing another one on Thursday. Uh, so, uh, though that's the last, uh, so we have one more UFC, uh, next week to do with UFC. WWE is still in... Um, uh, I'll be doing this podcast over the holidays as well. Don't know about the other one yet. Haven't decided. Anyways, if you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.